peace is possible. Man, what a great phrase. And um, what an amazing, amazing story. I, I, don't, I don't know how many times I've heard the story about that truce that happened in 1914 and in, in World War I. And yet every time I do, I go, is that, was that real? <laughs> is that, did that really happen? That somehow the reality of Christmas, the message of Christmas would actually cause people who are at war to be able to be at least for a day at peace. Well, that's our series, right? We're talking about peace. And here's what I know. All of us want it. And I, and I know right here this morning, um, I'm sure that all of you who are watching, you have, you have some relationship that's at least strained. And, um, and today's for you. So thank you so much for joining us. It's for your marriage, if your marriage is in conflict and if it's not at peace. It's for all of you siblings who are watching, brothers and sisters. <laughs> it's, for, it's for mothers and fathers with their children where there's not peace. Peace is possible. It's, it's for your workplace, your relationship with your boss, your coworkers, any relationship that's strained today, I just wanna tell you, I agree with that video. God tells us that peace is possible. But how? How can it actually happen? How can we be at peace with others? And so we need wisdom. And, and, we, and we know that. We, we need wisdom. We don't just need knowledge. Like wisdom is different. Wisdom is when you actually do have insight and understanding, but you actually can apply it to your life. And what's so great, you guys, and what I'm gonna share with you today is that we can actually have the wisdom of heaven. Okay, now let's just stop for a second. <laughs> right, and I say this a lot here at K2, but let's think about heaven for a second. Who wants to go to heaven? Everybody does. Why? Because we know heaven's not gonna be like this. Heaven is actually going to be different. It's where everyone wants to go because there is gonna be peace, because there is gonna be unity, because there is gonna be love. And so again, we're, we're kind of starting off each message with the angels came to the shepherds and, and they announced glory to God in the highest heaven, because that's what heaven is, it's where the presence of God is, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. So glory to God in heaven, because God's there and God's wisdom is there, and that's why it's perfect. And yet, with Christmas, heaven comes to earth. And now peace on earth among those, in those with whom God is pleased. So this is the good news I wanna to talk to you about today, y'all. That the wisdom of God, the wisdom of heaven has come to earth in Jesus Christ. So can I just say, if, if you're just watching today and, and, and you're not at this point a follower of Jesus Christ, you haven't put your faith in him, you're checking out faith, I want to invite you today to listen and to consider the wisdom of God 
that's available to you and your relationships to bring peace. And if you're a follower of Jesus today, if you're a Christian today, then man, this is an equipping for us. You know, our, our, again, our mission at K2 is to invite and to equip everyone. Well, today is an equipping for all of us. So let's just take a look at Jesus, right? Let's, I'm gonna start here. Jesus, we see it all through his life, but especially in the bookends. You guys, Christmas, Christ's birth is a display of the wisdom of God. There's, it, it is not a mistake. God was, what God was showing us his wisdom when Jesus was born incredibly lowly in a manger, which if you don't know what that is, it's a feeding trough for animals. And the message that the angels reveal that the Savior has been born is to shepherds, which in that culture was the lowest job. They were just considered outcasts in society. See, God, right from the beginning, was showing us something about the wisdom of heaven. It's different than the wisdom of earth. It's lowly and it's humble. And then you go to the end of Christ's life, the cross. Christ's death on the cross is the wisdom of God personified. We see it in the cross. The most gruesome, sacrificial, selfless, humiliating act and the scriptures tell us that's the wisdom of God. Someone giving up their life, humbling themselves for others, being willing to suffer for another person. You guys, the wisdom of heaven has come in Jesus and it's the wisdom you and I need so that we can have peace with each other. So here's my phrase for us today, you guys. The wisdom we see in Jesus is that a humble life is a peacemaking life. The humble life is the peacemaking life. God is the ultimate peacemaker. He's the one who comes out of the trenches. You know, and I, I, the fact that that space between the two armed forces was called no man's land. Because if you ventured into that, you were getting shot at and you were getting taken down. And that's what many of us feel like our relationships are like. Man, if I go into this, it's a mess. And yet Jesus goes, I'm coming in. Let me show you guys the wisdom of heaven, the wisdom of God that can actually bring peace in your relationships. Again, that's what Christmas was, was, was Jesus leaving heaven, coming across the trench into to earth. That's what his whole life was, where he said, I didn't come to be served, I came to serve and to give my life as a ransom. And again, that's what the cross was. Jesus humbling himself and become obedient all the way to death on a cross. In Christ, <clears throat> on the cross, we see that the holiness of God is zero concern for self, but holy self-sacrificing love for another person. That's the wisdom of God. The humble life is the peacemaking life. And then the angels, right, they said, so I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people because today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. Well, what's the good news? And by the way, if you ever hear the word gospel again, that's what good news means. Well, what is the good news? Well, we see 
the good life, the wisdom of God in his salvation. And I just wanna lay this out before we, I'm gonna get super practical with you in a second here about how we do this, but this is so important. We see the wisdom of God in the Savior coming to the world. How's it work? Jesus comes, forgives us of all of our sin, removing it from us, as I talked about last week, putting it in himself on the cross so that you can actually be reconciled to God. See, so what's happening here is that every human being is not at peace with God, but God, again, leaves the trench because this is the wisdom of God to be at peace with you. He makes peace with you by dying for you, to forgive you, to remove all your sins so that you and him can be at peace. And then once we put our faith in Christ, he says that you actually become born again, which literally just meant born of his spirit. You become a child of God. So when you put your faith, the first thing that happens is he makes peace with you, but then he makes you a peacemaker because he puts his very life inside of you and inside of me so that I now have the power. You can have the power. And if you're a Christ follower, you do have the power of the Holy Spirit to be a peacemaker. Why? Because you're a child of God, born of his spirit, and he is a peacemaker. So Matthew 5, 9, on the Sermon on the Mount, the, the Beatitudes, here's what Jesus said. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Why? Because children of God are filled with the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God makes us peacemakers. We can finally not be about ourselves. He saves us from this sin of self, and He saves us to make us peacemakers. We can live the humble life. Now, James 3, and this is where I'm gonna camp out today, you guys, to help us now to say, okay, great. Okay, great. So I have, if I put my faith in Christ, then he reconciles me to God. He fills me with his spirit. I'm a child of God. And if I am, then I'm a peacemaker. And by the way, let me just say this again. If you are a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, then this is what you're called to, okay? It's to be a peacemaker. So how do we actually do it? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna share with you James chapter three. And this, is, this has become one of the absolute most life-changing passages of scripture for me. And when I grasp this, when I embrace this, when I live this out, it makes me a peacemaker. And I wanna tell you, it works. All right, so let's look at it. Chapter three, starting with verse 13. James says, who is wise? I need wisdom <laughs> to be a peacemaker. Who's wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. 
The humble life, you guys, is the peacemaking life, the wisdom of God. And from heaven, where we all wanna go, is the good life done with deeds of humility. Now, what's it not look like? He explains that in verse 14. He goes, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, don't boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven. Listen to this. It's earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. Man, you guys, if we're struggling to be at peace, he just, the scripture just tells us, I'm just telling you right now, here's why. And he makes it super simple, okay? If the driving force inside of you is you, if it's mostly concerned about getting what you want, having things go your way, making your satisfaction, pleasure, happiness, your top priority, When you're in a relationship, if that's your mentality, that wisdom, thinking that that's gonna bring life is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. In other words, it is the exact opposite of God. And what's the result of living that way? Every evil practice and disorder. Chaos, destruction. Hey, so let's, I'm gonna, let's all be honest with ourselves. Every one of us struggles at some point with being selfish. It's, it's the curse of the human flesh. But, but is that your driving force? Take a moment right now. And if you're not at peace with somebody, do some investigation of your own heart in your marriage? Is it about you and what you want in your way, meeting your needs? If that's what it's about, with your kids, your brothers, sisters, your boss, your workplace, anywhere, then you're not gonna have peace. You guys, the humble life is the peacemaking life, so the self-centered life is the destructive life. And now, I'm gonna take you into James chapter three, verse 17. And and this verse right here is the instruction of how we actually can do this. And I'm actually gonna take you through, let me just read this verse for you. And then I'm gonna unpack every word. Okay, look at this. The wisdom that comes from heaven, that is peacemaking, that is humble. That's what every one of us is looking for. The wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Now, I just wanna tell you, I I have sat, uh, a few years ago was the first time where I sat and just did a word study on every one of these words and I started meditating on them and, and working to make these characteristics a part of my life. So just real quickly, I think this is important. 
I'm gonna walk through every one of these words because I want you to understand. I want you to think about what would happen in your relationships if you actually acted like these things, okay? So the wisdom that comes from heaven that makes peace is first of all, pure. Now, what's that mean? It's not half-baked. It's not sort of humble. It's not sometimes humble. It's not humble with some people, not with other people. It's not, no, the wisdom, again, from, from heaven is pure. So Jesus is just basically saying, this is who I am, okay? So it's, it's not double-minded at all. Doesn't have impurities in it, okay? That's the first thing. It's a dedication to a holiness. It's actually from the same root word of being holy, which means set apart to God. So the wisdom from heaven, being humble, is pure. Secondly, it's peace-loving. If you have Jesus Christ inside of you, who's the wisdom of God, it's from heaven, then you love peace. Jesus, the wisdom of God, he loves peace. In Ephesians chapter four, it says, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Make every effort. Well, you guys, you know what? When you love something, <laughs> that's what you do. That's, that's how we know what we love. That's how you know what other people love. Man, you, you make every effort. You give it all that you've got, right? I'm Susie loving. <laughs> that's my wife. I am Susie loving. When I fell in love with her, you know what I did, man? I made every effort to be with that woman, <laughs> And now that I've been with her for 21 years, she is the most important. I love her. So I make every effort. See, and so if you are filled with Jesus, who's the wisdom from heaven, you will love peace. And that means you'll make every effort. Are you doing that? Are you making every effort because you love peace? That's what a follower of Jesus does. The next one is so, I love, this, this one really hit me. It's considerate. <clears throat> it's considerate, which simply means I'm not just thinking about me, I'm thinking about you. That's what the word consider means. It means I'm thinking carefully, but if you're considerate, it means you're thoughtful of the rights and the feelings of other people. Now, this word was actually used in the court of law. Um, it's when someone didn't insist on the letter of the law, but they looked humanely and reasonably at the facts of a case. So, so you actually were considering the bigger picture and the people involved. You know, I was thinking back to when Susie and I were engaged and we were doing premarital, uh, we were reading some, a, a book and one of the exercises they had us go through was called the 10 Personal Commandments. And basically what they were saying is, you guys need to know before you go into a marriage that you have some things inside of you that are just the way it's supposed to be. And man, it's probably because you just grew up with that. And I tell you, so I wrote down my 10 things that I thought, yeah, these are things that I feel like this is a, like a personal law. This is what's right. And then Susie did the same thing. And I wanna tell you, I do this with the people I do premarital with because you know what? It's true. We all have personal commandments, but this word, if you're considerate, 
You're not just thinking about what you want, what you think is right. You're actually thinking about what the other person believes is right. About what the other person wants. That's the wisdom that comes from heaven. That's why it's humility, you guys, because it's not about you. You're actually thinking about the other person. It's pure, peace-loving, considerate. It's submissive. Wow. That's a, this is a huge word. You know what submissive is? It's a willing deference to others. I'm, I'm willing to defer, again, what I want and submit to what you want. The, the, the scriptures say, point blank, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Why would I do that out of reverence for Christ? Because Christ was the ultimate example of submission. He perfectly submitted his own will to the will of his father. And I'm just telling you what, guys, this is not very human. But the wisdom from heaven that makes peace, that is humble, is submissive. You're willing to defer yourself. I think this is like the benchmark of humility. Even though I don't want it, even though I don't agree with it, I'm willing to go with what you want. Submissive. That's the humble life. That's a peacemaking life. Then it's full of mercy. The wisdom from heaven's full of mercy. What's that? It's just mercy is basically when you just see a need that somebody has and you have the ability to meet that need and you freely do so. See, if, you're, if you have bitter envy or selfish ambition, the last thing you're doing is thinking about somebody else's needs. <laughs> you're just thinking about your needs and what you want. But when you're fully aware of the mercy, this, I think this is one of the key things of being a Christian. When you realize the mercy that God had on you, the needs you had to be forgiven of all your sin, and there's nothing you could do about it, but he came and did that for you, Man, once you have that in your relationships with others, the humble life is a peacemaking life because you're actually looking, what can I do for you? Then it's full of good fruit, full of good fruit. Earlier it said, let, uh, let the good life, if you live in the good life, it's the, it's the good deeds that are done in humility. Well, a good deed you guide is any action done in faith towards God and expressed with love. And just really simple on this one, when God says peace among those who I'm well pleased, you know who God's pleased with? It's impossible to please him without faith. But that means it's possible to please him with faith. And the wisdom from heaven is the wisdom that says, I'm just gonna do good stuff. And it produces the good life. It's impartial. Impartial. This is another one I love. That just means treating every person equally. I'm not part, and, 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 and so in a relationship, this is what's interesting, this is how it hit me. That means if I actually have the wisdom of God, of heaven inside of me, if Jesus is inside of me, then I am not even partial towards myself. So in, in a relationship, I'm not partial towards my desires or my ways against that. That's, that's the selfish ambition. I have equal concern for you as I do for me. I'm impartial. And, and, and I think the key here, you guys, <clears throat> is that basically means I'm not thinking about me more. I'm not thinking about you more. I'm thinking about us. 
And I want to tell you, that is the nature of God. In his very essence, he is relational unity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's the mystery and it's the beauty of pure and holy self-sacrificing love. That's the nature of our God. So obviously the wisdom of God is gonna match his nature. And it's when you're impartial. Come on, man, in your relationships and where there's strain or conflict and there's no peace, do you find yourself being impartial, equally concerned for the other person? And then the last one is sincere. And that just simply means, and I'm not faking it. There's no hypocrisy. It's like a bookend with pure. (laughs) All the previous qualities are not mixed with hidden personal agendas. I really mean this. Man, I just want to tell you guys, those, that list right there, if you want to have peace with others, then be peace-loving. Love it. Make every effort. Be considerate of the other person. Be submissive to them. Be full of mercy, thinking about the good things you can do for them. Good fruit, impartial and sincere. And I want to tell you what, that's humility. That's Jesus. That's his birth. That's his death. That's his life. And if we will live in the wisdom of God like that, then we can have peace with others. So let me just give you some quick application then. And I want to tell you, like I said earlier, this passage has been so profound in helping me with my life and my relationships. Here's the first application. I just want you to stop for a second and think, who, who are you not at peace with? And then sit with this verse, sit with James 3, 17 specifically, that list that I just went through. And then just go, are you living the good life of humility that comes from wisdom? And, and, and if you sit with those, every one of those, and, and put it over the relationship that you have with your wife, with your husband, with your kids, with your parents, with your coworkers, with a friend, whoever it is, are you, evaluate your heart and go, am I actually living out the wisdom of God? I'm a, and especially, man, if you're a follower of Jesus, this is yours. Here's the second thing I want to tell you to do. Memorize this verse. Memorize it. Because <clears throat> I have found that I'll be in a situation all of a sudden and I need it immediately. It's not long, but you get those things memorized, then it starts to actually get into your heart and you'll be that way with somebody else. And then the last thing, and this is where it's really helped me a lot, is pray through these qualities before you're gonna go into a conflicting situation. And I I have asked God, I I, I have specific examples right now in my head where I remember just going, oh man, God, I'm so nervous and I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. God, I need your wisdom. And he would go, James 3. It's like all of a sudden, James 3 would just pop in my head. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't need that. I need to know what to do. And it would be James 3. And I pull open that passage And before I would go into that interaction with that person, I would go, the wisdom from heaven is peace-loving. It's impartial. 
It's sincere. It's submissive. And I would just meditate on those and make sure that I was going into that encounter with the heart of Christ. And I I just want to tell you, if you will, if you go in with humility, you'll make peace. And then look at the beautiful last verse. It says, and peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. You know what that means? It just means, righteousness simply means things will be as they ought to be. If you want to be at peace with others, then be a peacemaker. And you can be a peacemaker by following Jesus, who's the wisdom of God, straight from heaven. You can do this, you guys. But how do we do it? Well, we're going to take communion again today. And why are we going to take communion? Because lots of times we think about, I do, and, and it, it is an important part of communion. We think about, well, man, I remember that Jesus died for me and that he forgave me. Yes, but the communion experience is also to remember, yes, we're going to remember here in a moment, what Jesus has done for us. But it also reminds us that that peacemaker, Jesus, who died for us, who laid down his life for us, who loved us so much. This is how we know what love is. This is how we know what the wisdom of heaven is, the wisdom of God. It's because Jesus laid down his life for us. And now you and I can have communion with Jesus so that we can live the same way. So can I just say real quick though, first, for those of you, a first step for some of you today is do you actually have communion with God? Are you at peace with God? Have you received, is there still a no man's land between you and God? Do you still live a life separate from him? And if you are, is there sin in your life that's just that's destroying your relationships? I got good news for you. If you will simply say, Jesus, I need you. I need you to forgive me for my selfish ambition and my vain conceit. I need you to forgive me, God, because I haven't followed you and I haven't loved you and I haven't loved other people. And here's the cool thing. If you want to receive Christ, you'll receive his forgiveness. He will remove your sin from you, reconcile you to God, and he will put his spirit inside That's the good news of Christmas that the angel said, peace on earth, but I bring you good news of great joy that's for all the people. That's you. A savior has been born and Jesus can save you from your sin right now if you'll put your faith in him. And if you're ready to make that decision today, would you please click on our webpage down at the bottom? You can see just a raised hand and say, that's me and whether on Facebook or our webpage, would you please just hit the next steps tab and let us know, I made a decision today to put my faith in Christ and receive his forgiveness and receive him. I want to be born of him. I want to be a child of God and a peacemaker. And if you do, man, we would love to connect with you. And now... 
for all of us who've already done that, which is probably most of you watching with me today, I want to remind you, you and I can be peacemakers. We're supposed to be peacemakers. This was God's whole plan. Peace on earth among those with whom he's pleased. Well, who is he pleased with? He's pleased with those of us who have put our faith in Christ because we become his children. That is who we are. But Jesus said, great, great. You are my child. You are a child of God, born of my spirit. If that's the case, then you need to remember how much I love you. You need to remember that I gave my life for you so that you and I could be at peace with each other. Remember that. That's why we do this. So he broke the bread, right? And he said, this is my body broken for you. This is my life broken for you. Take and eat in remembrance of me. But here's what I want you to remember, you guys. The power, the gospel is not just to forgive you. The gospel is for him to fill you with his spirit. The spirit of Jesus Christ breaks his body on the cross. This is the wisdom of God shown in the cross. It's laying down your life for another. So we remember that Jesus laid down his life for us. And we, we just remind ourselves again, I am loved by God. I'm at peace with God. But then we also remember, and he did that so he could live in me to make me a peacemaker. So let's take and eat and remember the body of Christ broken for us. And then he took the cup and he said, and this is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of all your sin. So you know what? Some of you today, through this message, you've just realized, wow, I am completely selfish. The reason there's chaos in my relationships is because I have bitter envy and selfish ambition. And that's not the wisdom of God. That's actually demonic. That's destructive. And you need to confess to God today. I'm I'm your child. I'm born of your spirit, but I have not been in communion with you. So Jesus, today, I'm receiving your forgiveness. And remember last week, To forgive means he removes it and he cleanses you. And if you'll be honest with God today, confess your sin to him today, your selfish ambition, your bitter envy, making it all about you, if you'll confess that to him today, he will forgive you and he will cleanse you. And then again, and once you realize all that Jesus has forgiven you, you can be someone who forgives others. And that makes you a peacemaker. Let's drink in remembrance of Christ's blood shed for us. Father in heaven, thank you for making peace with us. We worship you today because you're the ultimate peacemaker. 
Thanks for coming across the trench of the eternal chasm into that no man's land and saying, I want you, I will die for you, I will forgive you, and I will fill you with myself. God, we thank you that you not only have forgiven us to make us at peace with you, but that you have now filled us with your spirit so we can be at peace with others. I pray, God, for your church today that we would be filled with the wisdom of heaven, the wisdom of God, Jesus Christ, the wisdom of God. Lord, come, fill us. Help us to be peacemakers on earth. Help us to be the answer to the fulfillment of your dream that you accomplished through Jesus Christ. And I pray for that in his precious name. Amen. So guys, now as we worship, I love this Christmas hymn, Come Thou Long-Expected Jesus, Born to Set Your People Free. Free to be at peace. Take this time and celebrate the humility of Christ shown to you in Christmas, this peacemaker who made you at peace with him. Let's worship him together.